0: The Foundations Podcast. Prideful. Prideful. What a transition time right now! Um, it's good to see everybody today. Hey, we're in a new series called Tiz. The season. But before I get going in that, I need to do something I forgot to do in first service. Um, so only you are hearing this in second service. Um, I don't think she is here, but Julia Kirkendall organized and got everything ready for the way our auditorium looks um, and was kind of the brains behind it. So I just want to give a shout out to Julia Kirkendall and all those that helped. Thank them for their uh, effort, their time they put in. Um, It wasn't just Julia, there was a lot of you that were here, so thank you guys so much. We're in a series called Tis the Season, and I I don't think you could start this series off without us doing a message called Tis the Season To Be Jolly. Because it's just, it's there. There's no way you could not do it. And some of you, that song's in your head right now, Tis the Season, and some of you are singing the Christmas Story version of it. Um, And you're just like, "Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And so this series, we're going to talk about this, this is the season, tis the season two, and and today I want to talk to you about tis the season to be jolly. Now, um, when, when I say jolly, I, I, we've, I've sung it, I, I don't use, how are you feeling today? Jolly, ha ha ha, you know, I, I never use that word, right? We don't use, I, I feel jolly today, you know, you just don't, you don't use the word, so most of us have no idea what... What, I had way too much apple cider this morning, by the way. Um, do you know there's cider out there, and it's really good? Uh, but I uh, had, uh, had too much cider. Jolly. <laughs> jolly. What's it mean? Why, what does jolly mean? And so I, I researched, I've looked at some different definitions, ones that made sense, and, and here's what I found out jolly means. It means to be full of joy, to be pleasant and enjoyable. To be full of joy, to be pleasant, to be, excuse me, to be very pleasant and enjoyable. So tis the season for you and I to be full of joy and to be very pleasant and enjoyable. Tis the season, guys. And and here's the deal. We we kind of surround ourselves. We watch things, of uh, of movies that are all about recapturing jolly, right? Recapturing that Christmas spirit that has left. You watch? Cla- I'm not talking. I'm not talking about like sorry movies, like movies that aren't real movies, like the Hallmark Channel. Um, I just insulted most of the women in here. I'm um, not talking about Hallmark A Lifetime videos. Um, I won't even call them a movie um, where Kirk Cameron's in there or the kid from Home Improvements on there. Um, you know, I'm not talking about. I'll be home for Christmas part 10. Um, I'm talking about like classics, like Christmas vacation, <laughs> right? Right. And you have this moment where Clark Griswold's jolly has been taken from him. And why? <laughs> because Clark wanted A Christmas bonus, right? He had the pool ready. It was all based on the Christmas bonus. And here comes the telegram, comes to the door. He's been waiting. He has not been enjoyable. He has not been pleasant to be around. He has not been full of joy, but he gets excited. And it is a prescription to the Jelly of the Month Club for a whole year. And Cousin Eddie says, Clark, it's a gift that keeps on giving all throughout the year, Right? my favorite part of the movie. And he kind of gets, his, uh, he gets his, his, his check and it all kind of works out. Gets a Christmas bonus, boom, his jolly's back. You, you look at the Christmas story with Ralphie and he wants a Red Ryder BB gun and he is convinced, he's convinced, he's convinced that he is not going to get a Red Ryder BB gun. His jolly's gone, right? He's cranky, he's not happy, he's not full of joy. And yet, he gets the Red Ryder BB gun. And Ralphie is full of jolly. This season, I gotta tell you, right at Christmas time, there are going to be things that are gonna wanna steal your jolly. Like the line at Kohl's on a Black Friday. (laughs) We, We went to the mall Black Friday, that wasn't a problem. We went to Kohl's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever experienced. I, we walked into Kohl's, and there was a, two lines that wrapped around the sides all the way down the aisles to the back, and it was like an hour and a half. You thought you were going to ride a ride at Disney World. Like, you thought this was Space Mountain Lion, I mean, Space Mountain Lion or something like that. You're just like, it would have like, your weight from here is 45 minutes. And we went shopping and looking, and when I saw lines, I was like, no, 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 no. I, I was mumbling, and Casey's like, shut up. I was like, you're stupid if you wait in this line. <laughs> like, I will gladly pay 50 extra dollars than to not wait in that line right there. That is just dumb. I'm like, shut up. I'm like, that, that's just stupid. You just, I don't get that. This is season to be jolly, right? And there are going to be things that steal your jolly. And the, the, the crazy thing is for a lot of us, it, it's not going to be solved like Rafi with a BB gun. For, for a lot of us, our, our jolly isn't going to be found because we get that bonus at the end of the year. Oh, it may help for a moment, but it's not going to last. So how do you, how do I, how do we become people who are full of joy, who are very pleasant and enjoyable to be around. How, how, does, how do we become jolly? Well, the first thing I would tell you is this, is don't get worked up over the small stuff. Don't get worked up about the small stuff. We, we, we do great at getting worked up over things that just don't matter, don't we? We really do. And I'm not not talking about the culture. I'm talking about church people right now. We get worked up over, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know if any of you saw the video uh, that was viral this week. It's at least the first time I had seen it or heard about it, about two Southern California women who got in like fisticuffs, MMA style, start fighting over a parking spot, Okay. I have already discussed about parking spots and parking on the line and dumb people park on lines, um, but I'm just playing, but... This late these ladies were fighting over a parking spot. They're hitting people they're punching they're choking and then the one lady that got I mean she got whooped like she got up off the ground like walking around she gets into her uh, Hyundai or something like that and she starts playing demolition derby with her car and the woman's car that's a BMW. And like starts backing up and hitting them and like forward and back. And and, and I'm watching this video. And the first thing that I'm, I'm thinking, honestly, is like, man, you don't know how to drive. I mean, if you're going to hit a car, hit it hard enough to deploy some airbags. Do something, you know, and just bump into it. What are you doing? Hit it. Don't hit it with the front of your car. Hit it with the rear of your car. Haven't you watched a Demolition Derby before? You're going to ruin your engine, you know? Um, And it was like, it went on for like minutes. It didn't happen, they're just chasing each other around the parking lot, bumping, and then it ends with like this lady running over a fire hydrant and the water's like gushing everywhere like, you're like, no way, over the small stuff, over a parking spot. A couple years ago, it was Target saying happy holidays or season's greetings Right? Oh, they don't they don't say Merry Christmas at Target anymore. How oh, oh dare they? And so we had people from church, we're gonna walk into Target and we're gonna have Merry Christmas on our shirt, and we're gonna say Merry Christmas to every worker 50 times. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry And, and, and we get we get upset, we get mad. Last year for us, it was the red cup from Starbucks. Do you remember this? Oh <sighs> I, I can't drink their coffee anymore. <laughs> so upsetting. I'm like, they don't put on their cup ever. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, you should serve Jesus Christ by drinking this coffee. They, they've never done that, right? But we got to, you heard it. Red cups, red cups, Ichabod, the glory has departed. You know, here, newsflash, flash, news flash. <laughs> news flash. Starbucks and Target aren't Christian companies. I know, right? (laughs) Like, uh uh. "Eh, Really? They got some cool stuff. But we get worked up over the red cups, don't we? We do. We, We get worked up over the red cups of life. Well, I bought your kid a really good gift. You bought my kid a poster. It's not even signed. <laughs> you could at least forge the signature on that bad boy and be like, "Yeah, Mark Hamill signed it." You know, as Luke Skywalker, the new Jedi. You know, it's crazy. We, we, we. Uh, what? Well, I, I did. The, we, we get worked up over the red cup things in life. We get worked up over the leftovers from that traditional Christmas or Thanksgiving food that you were dreaming about overnight and you were going to eat it. And the guy that didn't bring any food took all the leftovers, right? We get, we get worked up over things. See, somebody's like, that's not even right. I know. (laughs) We get worked up over the red cup and there's going to be red cup moments in your life. There's just going to be And this isn't something new. This isn't something that just started happening in the church now. In fact, Paul's talking to the church in Romans, and he's saying this. He says, hey, there's a big workup that people are getting up mad and upset because people started eating hot dogs and pork, like pulled pork sandwiches. It wasn't kosher, and they're like, ah, ah, ah. And some people thought every day is holy and some people thought just one day is holy and you you, you got to have a Sabbath one day or you need to have a Sabbath every day. And, and so they're starting to create these divisions and starting to criticize one another. And, and Paul says this, he says this in Romans chapter 14 verse 7, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. It's not a matter of the small cups, the, the red cups. It's not that that's, you've missed it. It's not what about what you eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Tis the season to be a person whose life is full of joy, who is enjoyable and pleasant to be around. That, that's what it is. It's not about all the small things. It's not about the red cups. It's not about the things that aren't going right. It's not about that you change that bulb on the outside one time, two times. The fuse is out. It doesn't go down until I put the ladder. It's not about getting worked up while you put the toy together that's in 50 gazillion pieces, Dad. I understand. But it's about living a life of goodness. A peace, of joy through the Holy Spirit. And if if, if you and I, if we're going to do that, we can't just not get worked up over the small thing. Well, that's great, Justin. Don't get worked up over the small things. Don't sweat the small stuff. But, But how do we do that? Well, I will tell you one thing that it's crucial for us to do is that we have to start treating our thought life, our mind, like a teacher's lounge in elementary school. And what I mean by this is um, for all my teachers out there, especially if you're in elementary, somewhat in mid-high, but the teacher's lounge to me was the most mysterious place in the world <laughs> as an elementary. So I'm being, I'm being for real right now. Like the first teacher's lounge I found at Key Elementary. I'd never been in one as an adult until I went to the one at Key Elementary. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is it? (laughs) The teachers are like, yes, that's it. But but here in my mind, as a kid, I thought there were like hot tubs in that thing. I I, I mean, for real. I thought, I, I knew there was a guy that worked in the CIA that was a teacher. He's a double agent, and he like, you know, had a secret phone, and like, almost like a bat cave type style, I figured there was like chefs because the school food stunk unless it was a square pizza at school. Some of you know what I'm talking about right now. Um, I'm about to get up in your business talking tongues up here. Um, But I thought they had chefs, maybe massage chairs where they sat down. I mean, I really, and like, here's what sold it for me because you only got to go in there if you were an adult. Access was denied, right? And like the teachers, if you ever knocked on a door, you tried to look in there. Like our teachers would close it. Like, you can't look in here. And they'd close it. You get The teacher's lounge, access denied. And you'd be like, what, what is this? What you know, and you're trying to look, right? I mean, I was the most, mis- access to not only teachers only are allowed. And here's the deal with, with our thought life, we've got to treat it that way that we deny access to the small stuff. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through five out of the message. It says this, the world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live our fights. We don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massive corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, and hear this part, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. I have a lot of loose thoughts you have a lot of loose thoughts. We have a lot of loose emotions. Especially this time of year, we have a lot of loose impulses. It says that's what we're about, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Here's how most of us grew up hearing this verse, out of the NIV, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And can I tell you, if you're not going to sweat the small stuff, if you're not going to get worked up over the red cups of life, if you're going to be a person who is jolly, that you are full of joy and you are pleasant and enjoyable to be around, you're going to have to deny access to thoughts that want to crowd your mind. You're going to have to deny access to the little things that are going to come in and drive you crazy and It's gonna happen, and you're gonna have to choose not to think on those things, but to take captive those things and deny the access to it, or you're going to get worked up your whole entire life over red cups. Don't sweat the small stuff. The second thing I would tell you is this is that you and I, we have to do everything in love. We have to do everything in love. This verse is really hard um, and really long, so listen to it. 1 Corinthians 16, 14, do everything in love. (laughs) It's a whole verse. Do everything in love. Everything here is everything. It's all of it. And here's why I think this is so important for Jolly. Because from what I've seen as an adult, as a married man of over 18 years, of being a pastor for a long time, it is this. Love feeds joy. It, love always feeds joy. It increases joy. It makes us more joyful. But negativity steals it. That negativity will steal your Jolly away from you. It would steal your joy. It will steal you being pleasant and enjoyable. And the Bible says this, do everything in love. That means, I'm going to spell this out a little bit. That means for all my college students, you guys, we have maybe like a, this may be a last Sunday for a lot of you because you have finals. Whoa, they're ready. Get me out of there. But you're going to go home, some of you, and you're going to go see your parent, and you're used to having your own freedom, right? I'm looking at my niece right now because I know her mama. Um, <laughs> and you're used to having your own freedom. You don't have to ask what anybody else wants to do. You don't ask what time you want to leave. You don't ask what's for dinner. You choose because the cafeteria is chosen for you, but you still have selections. You know, you, you, you come back when you want. You go out when you want. When you walk into that house, they're not gonna see a college student. They're gonna see this cute little eight year old walking in, like with their little backpack from school. Oh, so, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you? And it's gonna start like this with your parents. Where are you going? I'm so excited you're home. <laughs> and then a couple of days, where, where are you going? couple days. How much money do you need? Are are you kidding me? You can't spend one day with your family. Can't spend one day with your family. You need to be home at 10 o'clock tonight. I don't care how late you stay out. (gasps) College students, hear me. Your interaction with them, do everything in love. Because everything (laughs) means everything. Parents, when you are disciplining your children, and they throw a fit because you didn't buy them that toy. And you're like, if I'm beat you right now, you will be thankful. Be thankful. Because some of you, like, my thing for me is you better be thankful. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, there better be some thanks being given. I'm um, like, oh, thanks for the gift. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I love you, Dad, and start crying because you got a present. But at least be appreciative. And when your kid throws that fit, when when your kid acts ridiculous and they're coming home from college, hear hear me, don't react to them, right? Because that's not doing everything in love. But discipline them out of love. Discipline them on their behalf instead of to their behalf, right? (laughs) There's a difference. Adults, as we're going to the extended families, And we sit down for dinner, and your uncle's had too much eggnog. And he starts talking about how awful the person you liked for the presidential campaign is, and how they either can't believe he got elected, or they can't believe she was even a nominee, right? Whichever way it's going to go. Do everything in love. Don't you get worked up over that red solo, red solo cup, I feel you. Uh, um, don't get worked up over that red cup, but tis a season to be jolly. We're getting ready to decorate my house for Christmas today. No, really. And this is going to happen. I promise you it will happen. Justin, that branch isn't fluffed full enough. Are you kidding me? There's a, there's a blank spot in the tree right here. Oh, I'll show you a blank spot. Um, there's there, there's there you turn the 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 ornament to the ugly side. There's a pretty it's red. I'm like it's it's a snowflake. They have to be spaced further. Do everything in. Love, right? I just got done living with my in-laws for three weeks. We were in the series, living the 518 and the 918. (laughs) Be thankful in all circumstances, (laughs) buddy. And and let me say, in case they watch us, they're gone right now. So um, they've been coming to our church, but they're out of town. So I can say, they were fantastic. But it was tough for me to do everything, it was tough for me to be jolly, right? And there's gonna be things that it's tough for you to do everything in love. When you go to that office party that you don't wanna go to, do everything in love. Let me me flush this out, let me get real personal here. Do everything in love to your ex, to your spouse that's no longer your spouse that doesn't deserve it. See, everything means everything. And it's not for their benefit. That's the big thing. We think, oh, they don't deserve it. No, they don't deserve it. But you deserve the benefit of doing everything in love. Because as you do everything in love, it feeds that joy. And, And what I've seen us do. And what I've seen happen is that if we're not careful, love becomes something we have instead of something we do. Well, I, I, have, I love you, I love you, I, I have love for that, but, but are you still loving them? Is it just something that you have for a person? Is it a noun? Oh, I, I, I love them, they have a special place in my heart. That's great, but that's not what Jesus has called you to. He's called you to be loving them to keep in action and do everything in love because tis the season for you and I to be a person that's full of joy and that's very (laughs) pleasant and enjoyable to be around even if they don't deserve it the third thing I would tell you is this and this is this is huge for us you got to get in his presence and remain there. you got to get in God's presence and you got to remain there. you, you got to stay there. Man, there, this is such a huge point because the truth is for some of us, the only time we come into God's presence is when we come here. And hear me, as your pastor, I love that you come here. I love that you like to come here. I love that you're here this morning. I, I love it. But that's not enough to sustain you to becoming a jolly person. That's not enough for you to be a very joyful person who's constantly uh, uh, pleasant and enjoyable to be around. But listen to what Jesus said in John 15, verses 5 through 11. It says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That word bear means to produce, to bring forth. Not just to show it, right? But you're producing it. You're bringing it forth and showing people. Apart from me, though, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And there's where most of us leave it. But I want us to go on to verses 9 through 11. It says this, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. A lot of us were like, well, how do I I remain in him, right? That's what we want to know. How do I, what's, pretty easy you do what he's told us to do in his scriptures right we do what god has commanded you, you by remaining in him you're you're by, by being obedient you're remaining in His love. That's how you remain in Him. If you do what I, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in His love. I have told you this. Here's the whole why behind it. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that, hear this, your joy as a result may be complete. That's what I want. That's what you want. That's what we're seeking after. It's not that we would have a, a joy that goes up, but that's not joy. That's happiness. Here, here's the deal. I, I would tell you, you can make yourself happy. You can. You can go buy a new truck today. Some of you are like, I wouldn't buy a truck. You can go buy something. Go buy a piece of chocolate, and you're going to be happy, right? Like, ooh, there's something that is cracking a box from Williams-Sonoma called peppermint bark, and it is awesome. It's good. I, I'm just telling you, it is good. And it makes me happy to eat it. I have no self-control. There is no fruit of the spirit inside of me at that moment when I'm, I, got, I got nothing. But it's really good. It makes me happy. Things external, for the most part, the way you become happy is external things. But joy is very different because joy is not about what is happening to you. I always say this, my joy is not dependent on what is happening to me, but what God is doing in and through me. That's joy. It's not about what's happening to me. It's not about how many gifts I can give. It's not about what's going on. It's not about whether people are annoying me. It's not about the red cups. It's not about what I'm going through right now, but my joy is dependent on what God is still doing in me and what he is choosing to do through me. And hear me, we go back to our text, he says this, and it says, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. He uses the word remain seven times in seven verses. And it means to exist, to stay. If you and I are going to be, jo- if we're gonna be full of joy, and we're going to be pleasant and enjoyable, we have to stay connected to the vine. And as a result, hear me, when you stay connected, when you stay obedient to his teachings, to his commands, to what Jesus told you to do, right, and to live this life out, to do everything in love, when you do that, his word says this, that you will bear much fruit, not for your glory, but for the Father's glory. And that fruit is listed out in Galatians 5. And part of that fruit, a singular piece, the fruit of the Spirit is not several different pieces, but one fruit consisting of several attributes. Go read your Bible. Is love, joy, peace. Now I gotta look at it. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. I'm closing with this. Some of you, you've been looking for things. You've been looking for a relationship. It's not going to make you joyful. it make you happy. But if you remain, if you stay, if you exist in his presence, and you stay, you remain. That's the challenge. We can dip in and dip out, right? I'm good. We, we treat Jesus like a drive through restaurant. All right, let me get my Jesus on right now. Better make it a red cup. We get our Sunday on and we go through, get our Sunday on, go through. We, 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 we aren't remaining. But if you remain in him and his love remains in us, we're gonna bear much fruit. And we're gonna find that no matter what this season brings, no matter what we're dealing with, whether it's a good season or a bad season, whether it's a season of plenty or a season of want, that we will come in and we will say, man, this is the season that I'm called to be jolly, that I'm called to be full of joy, and no matter if it's with people I don't like, situations I don't like, I can still be very pleasant and very enjoyable to be around. Because it's not about the stuff, it's not about the gifts, it's not about what you have, what you don't have. Paul said it's not about all the small things, but you and I, we're called to live a life of goodness, of peace and of joy. That's what this season's about. That's what this whole Christian relationship is about. It's not about getting how deep can we get into theology. Who cares? How much can people see me give away? Who cares? But are you living a life of goodness? Are you living a life of peace and joy? Are you doing everything in love? Even the ones closest to you. Even the ones you don't like. Because if you can do that, you will find yourself producing something in your own nature you're not capable of but you are remaining in him and you are abiding in the vine and you are existing and you are staying in the vine and you're able to produce love and joy and peace and long-suffering and patience and forgiveness and endurance because you are bringing forth and you are producing spirit that is only, uh, you are producing fruit that is only there because you have remained in him and he is producing a fullness of joy in your life. Let me close with this verse and we'll pray. Psalm 16 verse 11 says this. In your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hands are pleasures forevermore. That's what it is. It is a season to be jolly. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And Lord, I ask right now for every single individual in here. Lord, no matter what the issues are, Lord, we may be like the psalmist that just says, God, return unto me the joy of my salvation. Lord, Lord, we just lost it. Somewhere along the way of life in this year, we've just lost our joy. And we're here this morning, and it's not about a BB gun, and it goes way bigger than a paycheck, and it goes bigger than just one relationship, but we're here, and we say, God... Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Lord, just the joy of you being my Savior, the joy of being lost but now found. Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Lord, I pray this morning for that person, for that individual, that God you would let them rise up because you do such wonderful that you have a way of bringing beauty from ashes lord of building something up that we never thought was going to be there and this morning I prayed the thoughts that are bombarding our minds, the loose thoughts and emotions and impulses, God, that we would grab it and we would make it fit in the structure of a life shaped by Jesus Christ. God, that we would take captive every thought. And the Lord, out of this season, where we feel like we've lost our joy, that even why we don't feel like it, the Lord, we do everything in love. Lord, not to those that just deserve it, not to those that we just see in the office or every once in a while, but Lord, we would do everything in love to the person that's hurt us the most. For the person that is creating havoc and chaos in our life, we would still do everything in love. Lord Jesus, that we would do everything in love To our spouse who we take for granted most of the time and never love them like we should most of the time. Lord, to our parents, to our kids. Lord, everything in love. And that, Lord, in the process of all this, we would learn to get in your presence and stay there. Lord, that that we would exist in your presence. Not just visit it, but exist in it. And the Lord, we would produce much fruit. And that you would awaken a spirit of jolly in us as we go throughout this season. And not just this season, but our life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, Justin, you know what, I'm here. But I've never asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you that chance. You know what? Today you may be here and and you're just not where you need to be. You've been playing games. You've been playing church. But you know you're not where you should be in your relationship with Him. I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I just want you to raise your hand right where you are. And we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. The Bible says this in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us from all our unrighteousness. If that's you today, man, lift your hand and make the best decision you can make. One, two, three. There's hands already up. There's one, there's two hands. There's three hands. There's four hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. I want to join these four hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. Man, is there anyone else you'd say, Justin, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Before we go any further, If you raise your hand if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart Jesus I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned that I've messed up but I ask for your forgiveness God I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me I confess you Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these four individuals a huge round of applause this morning? Yeah, what an awesome moment. Believe, belong, become. Join us in our vision here at Foundation Church. Our services are every Sunday morning at 9 and 10.45 a.m. And our youth service, FC Students, is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. For more info, check us out online at foundationschurch.tv.